Good morning. You're listening to KSQD Santa Cruz, KSQD 90.7 FM and streaming at ksqd.org. I'm Stephen E. Pop, and this is In the Garden. On this show, along with Joe Truscott, every Saturday morning, we bring on experienced, knowledgeable guests to talk about a broad spectrum of gardening, horticulture, and environmental topics. This Saturday is our second show of the new year, 2023, and it also marks the seven-month point since the show expanded from a half an hour to our one-hour-long format. It also marks the seven-month point since I joined the show, thanks to a gracious invitation from my friend and colleague, Joe Truscott. I needed cheap labor. (laughs) I want Joe and all of you to know what a privilege and an honor it is for me to be a KSQD programmer and to share these Saturday mornings with you. Uh, Joe has patiently shown me the ropes as I engineer the show and co-host with hopefully fewer and fewer faux pas than when I started. So once again, I just wanted to take this moment to say thank you. Now, speaking of experienced and knowledgeable guests, Joe Truscott In addition to being a radio personality of renown, is also a master rosarian. And since we didn't feel like making anybody else suffer to come through the weather here today, he's going to enlighten us this morning with all we need to know about winter rose care. So take it away, Joe. Well, happy Saturday morning. The rain is still coming down. Uh... The originally scheduled pruning demonstration over at the Santa Cruz County Fairgrounds, uh, our display garden has been canceled Mm. uh, wisely. Uh, There is lots of water coming down, so expect local flooding. Expect high winds, uh, high wind Mm -hmm. gusts coming through. And if at all possible... Don't go near the ocean, folks. It's very dangerous. Mm. There's a high surf warning out as well. Never turn your back. And it looks like we're going to have rain coming down until about 1 o'clock, and then we're going to have scattered showers from now uh, into the evening. The rain uh, cell will probably be back. We're going to have wet weather off and on until Tuesday. We want those reservoirs to fill up because Mm -hmm. uh, that means uh, a good spring coming up. And we've got lots of aquifers that need uh, some replenishing as well. Anyway, it's pruning time here on the Central Coast, and I thought I'd go over some basics of rose pruning. Uh, I will be, I'll let you know, at the San Lorenzo Nursery on River Street at 1030 uh, in two weeks' time, I believe Mm. it is. Uh, We'll give you an update later. But um, that's usually very popular. It wouldn't be so popular today, Mm. but it Mm. will be popular when the rains You might be all alone today, John. Uh, Well, yeah. Oh, boy. At any rate, we certainly thank San Lorenzo Nursery for offering us a space. Yes, Um, They're really wonderful hosts. Um, At any rate... uh, Let's uh, start the entire um, presentation. First of all, the question is, why do we prune 
our ever blooming roses. Oh, it's and, not what is a rose? Yeah. Well, we could go into nitrogen, but that's a later <laughs> thing as well. Uh, but you know what? What I want to talk about is uh, when we talk about roses, there are. Uh, uh, what 150 different species of roses mm-hmm, plus least. all of these uh, hybrids and cross mixes. Most people, when you say rose, they're thinking hybrid tea. Yeah. Maybe they're thinking floribunda, which is uh, a multi-blossomed rose, and that that's mostly what we're talking about. And then there's that category of shrub. Of so, course, all roses are shrubs. We're we're talking garden variety then. Yeah, and uh, the ones that have been bred with the genes to make them bloom Mm. all season long. Mm -hmm. There are Mm -hmm. some other great roses, but they're one-time bloomers. Now's not the time to touch them because you're going to be be pruning away the flowers that are coming in spring. Uh, They get pruned in July. Uh So. We're talking about the the remontant or the the yeah. uh, recurrent blooming recurrent blooming roses. Yes. Yeah. Now, why do why do we want to prune anyway? First of all, it's sanitation, uh, and the second thing is we want to force dormancy, and we want to reshape the bush because they do put out canes. But from time to time, you need to stop and take a look at that bush and uh, shape it a little bit. And the the fourth one is we want sunlight, because they grow all season, but we want sunlight to hit the graft at the mm. soil level. So you want to open up the rows, and we'll get into that in, in just a second. Mm. So what are your favorite uh, tools for pruning well my my fiskers and my felcos and uh you know if i'm going to go out and prune my roses which i desperately need to do at this point in time so i'm i'm all ears this morning um i have a long-handled uh pair of pruners uh and which is pretty heavy duty to get those really beefy canes and then I've got my handheld pruners. Um, I do have a saw, but I've never used it on a rose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's because you don't feed your roses enough. I guess not. <laughs> or again, uh, we're going yeah. back to nitrogen. Oh, and, and I forgot. I forgot uh, the shovel for shovel pruning. Oh, absolutely, yes. shovel pruning. Um, you know, you get to the point where you've done everything you possibly could last year, and it got every disease known mm-hmm. to roses, um, or it. You know, has sit and become a monster bush. I've had a couple of these absolutely beautiful, healthy green leaves. Where are the roses? Oh, yeah. It produced about four. Oh. Well, you can't take that much space in Joe Truscott's garden <laughs> <laughs> and produce so few results. Yeah, so get yeah, that shovel yeah. and off we go. Yep. Um, the other very important thing is a some kind of sharpening tool. Corona makes one of those things. I'm not sure what you call it, but it's a tiny little thing it's about blade, what, blade sharpeners what you're talking about yeah so it, corona it's a, makes it, it's about six inches long and it has a kind of little uh 
I don't. Uh, it, it's some kind of hard metal. Okay. And okay. Uh, and so it's it, like a file uh, or of some sort of whetstone, whetstone sharpener. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of like it's that. It's in a little handheld device. I, exactly, and you can just hold on to it, yeah. hold on to your pruners, and scrape that hard part of the sharpener against the edge of the blade. Mm-hmm. And man, I tell you, with just a few whacks, you got a really sharp. Well, uh, and and what I blade. loved about the Corona was that you can take the blades off. They have screws uh, so that you can replace a blade because I have broken more than one blade. Oh, in the shears. Yes. The shears. Felco the same way. Yeah. I mean, just because I can. Just because I can't (laughs) afford a BMW, I can't afford a Felco made in Switzerland pruner with a long handle that fits my big fist. At any rate, it's very Mm. important. And trust me, uh, don't spare any. Yeah, ex- no, don't expense. go cheap. Don't go, go cheap. Get a really good one and keep it keep very it for life. Sh- yeah, keep it sharp. Um, make sure it has red handles. My green handled Corona one they ended. Disappear. Yeah, well, it, I dug it up about four <laughs> years later. <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, bright orange or red, please. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you, you gotta have that. Uh, you will probably need some loppers. Um, and they they really mm-hmm. do work and. Uh, it, eventually, if you grow enough roses and and you have trees on your property, one of those pruning saws, oh, it's about that, uh, mm, what, uh, 18 inch, inches, uh, maybe. Longer. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and it's art. Curved. And the nice thing about the pruning, a professional pruning saw is you pull and it cuts. Right. You don't push and it cuts right. uh, because you're likely to push stronger than you pull. Yeah, don't use the chainsaw. And exactly, you might uh, end up and been there. Uh, go right through stuff. Uh, grandmother's advice, if you're out in the garden, wear sturdy shoes. Mm-hmm. None of these clogs or thongs or flip-flops. Put on no shoes. No open toes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, put on shoes. And um, grandmother's advice, again, wear old clothes because you will tear them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, uh, very important that you uh, also... Um, I don't want to say be careful around uh, the roses because even though it's wet outside and it's raining and they've had lots of nutrition, those prickles mm. along the cane are very sharp and very dry mm. and will rip your clothes and your skin. I usually mm-hmm. end up uh, mm-hmm. not too bad. I did some pruning. Oh, I thought last that was week. your cat that did. No, 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 no. Those scratches on my arm are uh, done with affection by my rose bushes. <laughs> um, yeah, there's nothing like face planting into a rose, too. So uh, yeah, you you want to make sure you got sturdy shoes and and on solid ground um and um Again, I want to emphasize that you use the right tool Mm -hmm. for each job. Um, You can pick up for a couple of dollars at any kitchen gadget display in any of the grocery stores, vegetable shears. And the thing I like about them is they cut at the very tip. Mm. They're only two bucks, but they cut at the tip. So if you're you're doing delicate stuff with smaller roses, miniature varieties, or other things, you can get that in. It's harder to get a Falco pruner into right. some of those areas. It's almost like a bonsai tool or something. Yeah, yeah, and much less expensive. Sure, uh, sure. But um, let's uh, let's talk about you've got all the equipment, you're ready to go, and um, you get out into the garden and you look at 
the rose bush that you want to be um, reducing um, and and pruning. So there are four D's of pruning. First of all, you're going to look for the dead wood. Mm-hmm. If it's dead, folks, it doesn't grow anymore. And what it does do is it collects all of the diseased leaves mm-hmm. and crap and it just piles up and it stifles the amount of air that the rose is mm-hmm. getting. Mm-hmm. The more air that's circulating around your bushes, the fewer diseases you'll have. Remember, all those fungal diseases are airborne diseases. So we're talking about black spot and powdery mildew and uh, rust mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. botrytis is all over the place mm-hmm. with all this rain now. So, yeah. yeah. So you want to get in there and get rid of anything that's dead. Get rid of anything that's been damaged. Um, I have smacked my rose bushes with the side of a hose, and mm. they break if they're young. Mm. And they will—they don't really repair themselves, but they cling on. <laughs> and it's those kind of things that you want to get rid of. Dead wood or any damaged wood that has happened. A lot of times over the season you lose track and one cane is scratching against another cane and has peeled away the some rubbing of the stuff. syndrome. You know. Yeah, exactly. So you want to get rid of any, any of that as well. Uh, you also want to look for diseased wood. If it's, um, if it's dead or sickly looking, cut it back. And if you're making cuts, and speaking of diseased um, canes, if you're if you're making the cuts, make sure you look and see what the cut is like. If it's got a little brown spot in the center, uh, you still keep cutting. Yeah, Cut yeah. a little bit lower until sure. it's all nice green wood at the bottom. Now, Joe, while you're talking about uh, cutting on this diseased wood, um, what about disinfection uh, of your tools before you move to the next rose bush so that you don't spread them? If your garden is a pigsty and full of disease, I would be. Have you been spying on my garden again? I I would I would um, I would uh, quite um, uh, eagerly swish some Lysol around. Don't uh, some okay. people say bleach, but I've ruined yeah, many pairs of blue jeans. The ten percent bleach thing, I'm not uh, a fan. Uh, nah, just Lysol is Lysol's enough to disinfect it. Ninety nine percent of all household germs. Exactly, and you just want to make sure that that that's all gone. Especially if you've got problems like a canker or uh, something yeah. that is growing on the cane itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't want to be spreading that around. But um, now, is there? Is there? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but is there no, a time? No, interrupt. Of, is there a time? <laughs> that, this is not this a is, lecture, folks. This is what I do best on the radio, folks. Is interrupt no, guests. That's yes. right. Nobody's going to talk to you. So, <laughs> if you um, are pruning a rose bush uh, that has rust, rust was one of those diseases that, when I was a professional rose grower in greenhouse settings and hydroponically. Uh, was just the bane because there are so few things you can do other than mechanical control. There are some sprays, but they're pretty horrendous. So is there a time of day that is recommended for pruning or weather condition recommended for pruning? I don't think anybody's out there in the rain doing it right now. I have. Uh, well, I have you know, the there you go. So you see. So when you to, work for a living, you've you, only got a weekend. And if it's darn raining. Tootin. Yeah, you, know? you take it when you can or, you know, the headlights at night. It's only um, water. It's only water. 
dang it. We're not going to melt. We're not made of brown sugar. We're gardeners. So my question is, is there a way to reduce the amount of spread of something? Because like rust, you can get it on your pant leg and move it to the next plant. Well, yeah, they're airborne, so they have spores, and it's right. it, it, it's there. If the neighbors across the fence haven't done anything, and their roses are just rust magnets, oh yeah, uh, the the spores are going to be in the neighborhood. One of the things that I found is that the rose hybridizers over the last twenty years or so better, huh? have gotten much better against rust. That's that's one Good. thing. If you get a more modern rose, you're less likely to have it than some of those old garden roses mm-hmm. or the hybrid teas from the seventies uh, and sure, earlier. That they, sure. they they just don't have the, the same resistance right. that's been put into them. So, bread, you know. Yeah, yeah. So at any rate we're talking about disease wood uh, you want to make sure that that you remove as much of that as possible. And this is variety specific. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of varieties where I've made cuts and then I get dye back. And it's this variety does that. The other varieties could care less. You cut them off and they grow with the the bud eye. Now, but what are you doing with all of this material that you're pruning off? Are you composting that? Or I do. You... I do not compost any rose material okay. it's, it carries just all kinds of stuff with it good. insect eggs the, that are not what Hatched you want yeah, right, uh, yeah. um, and not beneficial ones and certainly ones. certainly the pathogens that are present on the, all of on those the diseases are, are right there and uh, so i chop all, everything up and put it in the yard waste and get it out of my property mm-hmm. now so we talked about deadwood getting rid of anything that's dead getting rid of anything that's damaged and anything that's diseased and the last d of the four d's of pruning is anything that's demented for whatever reason oh, a, I guess can, I, I a new leave. cane a new cane starts growing and runs into another one, so it makes a 90-degree turn uh. and goes off this way, and then it runs into another one and goes straight up. Well, it looks very healthy on the top, but as you go down into the bush, it's it's only going to be capturing stuff. So, mm. so um, you, your goal in pruning is to reduce the shrub by about a third or even half. Um, remember, keep in the back of your mind, you're not going to hurt the rose bush by pruning it down. Now, um, my mother loved her roses, and growing up, she would enlist help from my father to go out and prune the roses. She had these nice big rose bushes, and I remember one time, and it might have been the last time she asked him to prune, when she came out to see the work that was done, there were like three or four canes per bush that were each about 12 inches tall. He had cut them almost three quarters uh, away. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, they did did still grow and they bloomed with a few big roses, but is is that true, that old uh, myth of, well, the harder you cut, the fewer blooms you'll get, but the bigger they'll be? Or is that just entirely variety specific? No, that's absolutely the case. I mean, it makes perfect sense. In fact, a lot of the people that are showing roses, Mm -hmm. they'll grow maybe um, three bushes of uh, a rose called Moonstone, Mm. which is a big uh, white rose. Go figure. Uh, And they'll 
they'll grow those three bushes and allow only one bud to on one cane. Interesting. So they will prune back everything. Uh, by the way, these are not gardens that, you know, this is not Filoli. You're not going to say, yeah, oh, my no, God, you're not how beautiful. Walk through and go, yeah, right, these are garden. These are show people, and they're, they're breeding roses to be seven, eight, seven, eight inches wow. in diameter. Wow. I'm the size of a cantaloupe, for God's wow. sake. At any rate, that, so the more you prune, the, bigger the, the fewer flower. flowers you'll have. Yeah. But the bigger one, they'll be bigger. That's a that's okay. a sort so that of a is general true. rule. It is true, um, and uh, let me also say that I had a couple of climbing roses on the side of my house, and I was getting the house painted, and it was about this time of year, sunny mm-hmm. and dry, but I knew how careful my house painter was going to be with my roses. Mm. So I pruned these climbing roses down to a stub of about three inches. So if they got stepped on as he was walking around the side of the house there painting away, uh, it, they wouldn't. It wouldn't split the bud. Oh, okay. It wouldn't it split the bud split, union. Split the bud union and the the main cane. So he, main if stock, he yeah. stepped on it, it would just push it into the, the ground a little bit. Right. And I swear, four months later, you wouldn't even know they were the brand new canes coming up out of the oh, thing because yeah. the the roots. You're when you're pruning, you're not doing anything to the root stock or to the the root system. The root system. Yeah, the root system is established, and the older and provided you haven't cut below the bud graft. Yeah, you cut below the bud graft. You, you just cut off the thing. Your, your, your bud graft should be sitting right on the soil, uh, keeping it nice and moist for new canes called basil breaks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, if, if you take your hand, everybody do this right now. Stop. Take your hand. Put Got the it. back of your hand down on a flat surface like a table. Now, spread your fingers out as much as you can and then slowly lift them up and... That's exactly the end result of pruning a hybrid tea. So you want to make sure that there is a bud eye. That's where the new cane's going to grow, where your fingernails all are, Mm. so that the new canes are going to grow out and away from the plant. So you keep the center of the plant absolutely open. And um, the... You can cut them. I usually make an uh, about a 45-degree angle, mm-hmm. um, especially if I'm doing it in the rain because I don't <laughs> want water to sit oh, on yeah. the top of, yeah. the, of the, the cut. If you're in a hurry and, you're, and it's sunny weather, it doesn't matter. Just cut them and make sure that the bud eye is going out. Um, the first thing you want to remove from the cane as you're looking at it is any of the canes that have grown across the center of the plant. Right. You want to make sure that center is open. Remember I said you want to get the sunlight on the bud union, and you want to keep that bud union moist. So there'll be new canes. Next year's canes will be coming out um Come about May, after the first flush of blooms, you'll start seeing some basil breaks, new canes coming up. And um, so you, you, uh, uh, one of the things that you also should be, especially if you've got 100-some rose bushes to prune, you want to make sure that uh, you're cutting, you're, you're pruning with the fewest number of cuts. So take a look at the rose bush, study the rose bush, and if it looks like that cane's got to go, 
get your loppers and cut it at the budget. So we're kind of talking carpenter advice here, measure twice, cut once. Yeah, Yeah, but and look at it so that you're not snipping a little here and then snipping a little here. Because one of of the things that will happen, and this is just what happens, the more time you spend studying the rows to be pruned, the smaller that roast bush is going to yeah. get. It's- well, I've, I've always likened pruning to uh, uh, similar to cutting hair. Uh, I can always take more off if I need to, but I can't put any back on. Yeah. Uh, but you're saying just the opposite, that just just figure it out in advance and take off the right piece and call it done. Yeah. And a, a lot of the varieties produce these little stubby things mm. that grow Further down, uh, I I happen to prefer having nothing growing on the the canes coming from the bud union that are I don't know twelve eighteen inches down. I don't okay. want anything growing down sure. way below. That low. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's not going to produce the flowers you want. You want the flowers up here well, on top. Well, they tend to be much skinnier and weaker. Anyway, exactly. So any of those little stubby things, all they do is catch the diseased leaves that and fall down, sucking hormones out of the rest of the plant. Exactly. So so make sure you you cut anything. If for most hybrid teas, cut away anything that's smaller in diameter than a pencil. Mm. Uh, just keep them keep them clean. You want a couple of good canes, um, and uh, you want the new growth to be going outside and over um, over out. Um, the um, I don't know the the other things to to talk about are. Uh, some problems, and I think we'll probably get to those yeah, after the after, break, yeah. after the break mm-hmm. here in a minute. But mm-hmm. just just finishing up, um, one of the things that that um, you you want to make sure you do is to get rid of anything that's around the plant. So if you can scrape, so you're up talking about all the detritus and the leaves and all, all the those, stuff on the soil. I mean, roses lose their leaves. We were very fortunate this year, and we had about a week of of freezing yeah. Yeah, low thirties, frosty, and and that's great because you know one of the things that we deal with here on the coast is that roses that. Back in Ohio, or in, and definitely in Buffalo, New York, they mm. have gone dormant. They're underneath about <clears throat> a foot of snow in exactly. many cases. They're very yeah. well protected. But out here, they're never really dormant. I have flowers on my Yeah, roses. I do too. Yeah, yeah so several don't, of them. So don't worry about those flowers. They're probably going to, with all this rain and constant moisture, um, they're going to get um, they're going to get all kinds of botrytis. So don't worry right. about them. Cut them away. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that you tra- you're trying to do by pruning is force them into dormancy. Mm-hmm. And it's just one more step. We've had some cold weather. They've lost a lot of their leaves. This this rainstorm that we've been having for the last two weeks is warm weather. Yeah, it has been warmer. And that brings up a question, a quick question, is that, you know, as with uh, many of the fruit trees, and I know people back east and in, in the middle of the country are facing some of this now where they've warmed up and then they'll be going back into a freeze. A lot of their fruit trees are actually budding out right now. Peaches yeah. are budding out and the early, early uh, fruit is starting to bud. With roses, I mean, roses are some of the toughest plants I've ever known. When I lived in the northern Sierras, we'd go to 10 below 
uh, every winter, and my yeah. roses would be under snow, but they'd come back fine, you know, in the yeah. springtime. But what about right now? If if we go and prune right now, and we see that they, you're saying that even if they're still flowering right now, go ahead and prune them. Definitely a- knock them back. It's better. It's better to do a little bit of pruning than nothing than at nothing all. Nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, it will uh, cutting off the edge, cutting off any of the new growth. The the growth that's on them now, those canes, uh, those canes are spindly. There's not enough light yeah. in the sky, and, and it's not one of those things where we have to wait for the sap to drop. No, 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 no. We no, just, just go out there and do it. You don't have to wait for a hard freeze before yeah. you prune. And, and to me, nothing is prettier than a garden that's been a rose garden that's been well fully, manicured. fully pruned, because yeah. uh, then. Everything is starting fresh and new, and if you've got the the right shape to your to your rose bush, you're you're doing fine. Well, that's one of the reasons why I don't let you or anybody else into my garden. Well, I, <laughs> I'm I'm going to work on it though. I promise. You know, when I get home, my my feeling is they're like kids. Don't have any more than you can care for. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My personal yeah, opinion, yeah. and I don't know. Excepting should... we never have to send them to college or pay for it. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think <laughs> that, that, that should be a good segue for a break. All right. We'll be back to talk more about stuff uh, about Prudy Your Roses. In, <laughs> or your children. In, in, in just a second. <laughs> And we're back. This is KSQD Santa Cruz, KSquid 90.7 FM, and streaming at ksqd.org. This is In the Garden. I'm Stephen E. Pop, and we're here with my friend and colleague, Joe Truscott, and we're talking about rose care in the winter. Oh, it's a wonderful time to be in the garden. Uh, maybe is. not right now at this minute. Unless but, you like uh, rain. Yeah, I mean, I, I've already been out there. I got part of my uh, pruning done. And one of the suggestions I have is if you have a normal kind of yard, you should know the uh, something about the amount of light and heat mm. certain segments of your garden are getting. So I always make it a point to prune the roses that are growing in the um, on the north side of a fence mm. because the darker side they're mm-hmm. it's dark and they're not getting the light that they uh, that the other side of the yard in the sunny south part 
mm-hmm. south-facing or east-facing areas get. So uh, I start my pruning in the darkest spot okay. and work my way through uh, over to the uh, to and, the areas that I prune last are in the sunniest and warmest. And the whole point of doing all of this is they all start growing and are on the same schedule. Same schedule. So the, those ones on the northern side of your garden, it's not that you prune them harder than anything else. No. Nope. Prune them the same, but then as the sun's arc increases into summertime, everything's getting equal light and growing on the same schedule. Yeah. So, okay. so when I when you have your garden party... <laughs> and everyone's over to see high rose tide in your yard. We still haven't found the people from the last party we had. They're, I they're know they kind of wandered right. off. Yeah. But uh, at, at any rate, they they um, that will keep the garden sort of going. Now I have a couple of more things about it. Mostly, I was talking about hybrid teas. Yeah, there's different there's different types of roses, different species. Yeah, and and so I want to talk a little bit about something called a floribunda, mm-hmm. which is a cross between a hybrid tea and a uh, polyantha or multi-flowered mm-hmm. uh, uh, rose. So you get. Um, more of those sprays, a whole sort yeah. of bouquet. Well, there on is a, a stem. rose called a spray rose. Yeah, it's yeah. a baby rose type thing. Yeah, yeah. but but th- these are are sort of um, they're they have hybrid tea shape, but they're smaller flowers and they but grow not in much clusters. smaller. Yeah, and that's that's a floribunda. So you're going to do a little lighter pruning on those. Leave a few more of the smaller canes because you want more flowers on a floribunda, okay. uh, as opposed to a hybrid tea, which where you want uh, that classic beautiful shape uh, that they get. Now the other roses, uh, there's a uh, let's divide them up into two areas. One of them is sort of shrub roses. Mm-hmm. They're 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 big. Big, they're bulky. They take a lot of pruning. Uh, those are things that you want to control and for the space that you have for them because they will often get bigger. Now, uh, what's the difference between a shrub rose and a tree rose? Well, a, 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 tr- a tree rose is actually... Uh, three different rose bushes. You have uh, one variety that's the rootstock. You have another variety that's the standard or the mm-hmm, cane that mm-hmm, lifts it up. Mm-hmm. And then you have a hybrid tea or a floribunda that's been grafted onto the top. So you have two graft points. You have three. Oh, yeah, three. Two, two, two. Yeah, two. one at the root center and one at the top. Right. And um, you want to prune the, the hybrid teas that are up at the top the same way that you would prune a hybrid tea in your garden, maybe a little bit more because they have recently put, oh, they've grafted some of the hybrid teas that are big. I mean, Mm. some of these hybrid teas Mm. grow five, six feet. But if you put that on a standard, it's now nine feet in the air. Well, I was just going to say that that standard piece, which you could almost look like as an internode piece, internodal piece on a plant, but it's not. It's, It's a grafted piece of standard stock. That itself isn't going to grow. It's only what's above that yeah. bud union. That's, and if you, it's not going to expand or get any taller. If you look closely at all the tree roses that are on the market and look at the standard, the, the, the upright part, mm-hmm. you'll notice that they have knifed out all of the bud eyes. Uh, yeah. In, yeah. in so that it's not whole going to be suckering out from it, that. It's yeah. not going to be growing off from the side. <clears throat> it will try to if that's not done. 
Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, climbing roses. So and, I, I've got a question for you about climbing oh, roses. Oh, you do? I oh, do. good. So when, when I was a grower of roses for cut flowers, uh-huh. the majority of what we grew were um, hydroponically grown. Mm-hmm. And the setup was we had these <clears throat> long, narrow uh, sort of racks that we had pots that were about 10 by 12 inch uh, size and about 12 inches tall with a inorganic material in them. And we had three rose bushes in each of those. We would, as a regular practice, something we learned from uh, some Dutch growers, we would go in with a pair of pliers and we would take a cane and pinch it close to the base and bend it down called bent cane and when we did that at that bend point that junction it would initiate breaks and we could get in fact we would rate the roses by how many breaks they got at each bent cane but it would initiate these breaks which then would be flowers so we were increasing the flower production for cut flower purposes. Does that have anything to do with climbing roses as well? Stephen, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> we haven't rehearsed this, but no, let, let no, me respond. This is all live radio impromptu. <laughs> let, me re- let me respond. Please That's do. exactly what you want to have in a climbing rose. So you want to first, as it's growing, the first couple of years... Uh, it, it will take some time for it to develop an upright cane. We're talking about, let's say, a rose that you want to put on your fence. Mm. Your fence is six, seven feet tall. You've planted the rose at the base of the fence. You get it up the first couple of years. You support it. And then finally it gets higher and higher up onto the um onto the fence itself. And then what you want to have happen is you want those things to go once they're at the top of the fence horizontal. It's that funny French word, right? With an e. Yeah. What well, was espalier? But not really. Not exactly. Not not because really. it's still going to be full. It's not going to be right because you want it to go up, and you will still get some side growth on climbing roses. But eventually, you want it to go up and across the top of the. Uh, I'm making these really beautiful hand gestures here. Yeah, I know <laughs> you are. You're quite quite dynamic here today. Very a lot of the, they, they seem to be rather and, useless. Yeah, well, in this medium well we can see we can see (laughs) anyway uh when you get to the top you've got uh you've got a horizontal cane and just as stephen was explaining at every bud eye and by the way every time there is a rose leaf you know one of those five Mm -hmm. five little leaflet petal things growing out Mm -hmm. right at the juncture of the cane and that leaf is a bud eye so when that leaf falls off there is something in there that will grow out and become another cane so what you have happen as these are stretched off across the top of a fence um, every one of those little bud eyes will send up a flower spray. Mm-hmm. So that's how you get a full uh, sort of uh, fence full of flowers. Because- which, which is wonderful to keep the neighbor's kids from climbing over the fence. Yeah. Um, now, what I was describing with bent cane process was um, 
what technically what we were doing is we were cutting off the meristemic hormone going to the growing point and returning it back to that point. Same thing's happening then. Well, well, I mean, are you bending or are you cutting or pruning to that butt eye? Oh, it, it's a many of the climbing roses that have been um, out on the market are um, they've bred in with a couple of different. Um, uh, Varieties, species, roses that are 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 very lax. They're not the hybrid teas tend to be very stiff and they're harder to move around. But a climbing rose usually sends out a long cane, and those are the canes that you want uh, mm. to to encourage okay. to grow. You you when you get them on the top, you do have to tie them because they they don't cling. They're not right. they're not like honeysuckle or well, or, or mistletoe. Um, but what what are not mistletoe? Um, uh, poison ivy or any of those poison other oak, horrible yeah. things that uh, trumpet. Well, now I have to. I have to. Speaking of horrible things, and I know this is maybe sacrilege to talk about uh, naming a rose as being horrible, but I have a rose growing in my garden that I truly regret ever having planted. Uh, it was uh, something called a Scotch rose, I believe, but it happens to have been Claude Monet's favorite rose at Givernay called mermaid mermaid is a single yellow flowering climbing rose that is the rose from hell it grows thorns that are recurved and could be used in place of barbed wire yeah i don't know what to do with it i've never been able to kill it i can't even prune it anymore. do you remember those neighbors that have them the track yeah, yeah i yeah. would relocate mermaid it's a hybrid yeah. bracteata and the bracteatas are very thorny, and oh uh, we're talking about hypodermic needle strength. Oh, yeah, Constantino wire is just it, uh, razor it, sharp. It is absolutely. It grabs a, you. I think I found a skeleton in there yeah. one time. It was just you know, so somebody. If, if you want, if you want some protection. You know, I've I've suggested it to several city council members who are <laughs> complaining about graffiti. All you oh, need yeah. is a couple of mermaid plants on that place that keeps getting tagged, and those kids won't do it again. They may try, but they're not going to get away with it twice. And if you need starter stock, I've stock, I've got a sale if, on for you. And if they're looking for DNA sources, you're going to find a trail of blood. <laughs> Leading away oh, from trust the merm the mermaid. Pieces of clothing. Absolutely. Hanging in place now and... one of the things that, that you will find with hybrid uh, with um, climbing roses is you do want to prune them because the uh, more you prune them, but as we were talking about that cane, well, last year's canes may have come up, you leave a little stub. You leave about an inch stub and when it's blooming time again, uh, the bud eyes that are in those little studs uh, or stubs will send out even more uh, little stalks for roses, and you'll have just this incredible flush of flowers. Mm. So there, there are some easy things that, that you can do that uh, will keep these roses going for you. Now, uh, anything else I want to talk about? I mean, first of all, let's make sure that you prune a little bit. I mean, there was there have been some serious scientific tests uh, in which 
they couldn't get around to doing the fancy pruning that that I would do in my garden yeah. for the few roses that I have. Sure. So they got a hedge clipper and just went through oh, the whole thing it. and oh, yeah. mm. just buzzed them mm. all clean. Mm. And, you know, in about two months, the there was no noticeable difference. <laughs> they, there might be some leftover dead wood and stuff like that that is in them, but the fact that they got some kind of pruning benefited them. But not the pruner who did not receive the mental uh, calmness and action of meditation through going through the pruning process. Well, that all depends on how many roses you have to do. Okay, so there's Uh, some cursing involved. There are several members of the Monterey Bay Rose Society who have many, uh, oh, hundred, maybe 600 roses that they're growing. They don't have time to be fooling around. They're getting in there yeah, and they're, yeah, they're yeah. moving through that Make pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, how about, get, yeah. How about wound treatment? Um, if you're making some major cuts, uh, it's not necessary. If you're, if you're in, um, if, if you are using a very sharp shears mm-hmm. with, a, with a finely honed blade. You're not leaving a ragged cut. Yeah, you don't want – if you're tearing the cane apart, you're doing it wrong. And what is a good time to – would now with pruning, talking of cutting roses, when would be a good time to do grafting of roses if you wanted to, to graft something? Well, it, 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 in their natural cycle, the same thing with if you wanted to experiment with growing a rose seed, um, you can do that. And now's a good time because it's a natural cycle. They have put out their, their fruit, and the fruit has seeds, and that's a rose hip. If you want to split open a couple of those, now is a good time to split them open mm-hmm. and uh, extract the seeds from those pods. And uh, I do think that, that everyone should give it a try. It's you like Having babies, I was so proud of mine, and <laughs> and I, I grew it, and then I went out of town, and I don't, you know, forgot to water it. <clears> and speaking of taking care of the children, yeah, I yes. know, I know, it was, it was a terrible calamity, and I'm very sorry. I apologize. <laughs> How long will those uh, those seeds in that rose hip stay good? Uh, I mean, if you if you pick them, they're going to dry up and kind of not be viable after a short while but can you leave them on the rows and then pick them off yeah i mean now's the time you get them because you want to get rid of them now anyway yeah you're you're going to be pruning them off so they'll be in your hand if you split them Mm -hmm. open um one of the things that they do need some cold weather so uh what i normally do is a couple of of the the rose hips that uh were on roses that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. I will uh, split them open, extract the seeds, put them in a, a damp, not wet, yeah. paper towel, and put them in the, the vegetable bin in my refrigerator. So another one uh, of those fancy words, uh, vernalization. To, yeah, uh, well, yeah, vegetable bin. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, okay. uh, you know, just check on them because so, you don't want them to mold, but you want to mm-hmm. keep them moist, and then plant them. Come February, put them in. The, put them in. Uh, so they'll last that long. Uh, yeah, they'll okay. they'll last that as long as they don't get too dry. They, no, they'll right. be okay dried out. But it's you'll get a better response if they're in the natural cycle of blooming. Um, the uh, the uh, other thing I wanted to mention is that there's no point in feeding your roses at this point. Right. After you've pruned, it's more important they for you to rake it. around and get rid of all the dead leaves and all the other crap. But you don't want to necessarily be pruning at this time because it's not going to do it's not going to do you any good. It's yeah, not, right. nothing's going to happen, and um, 
maybe put on a little layer of mulch after you've uh, swept it all up. That would be great. Now, with the first time that you see some growth and these these uh, bud eyes are opening up, mm-hmm. that's the time where I advise everybody to uh, go to the feed store and get you know a big bag of alfalfa pellets. Mm-hmm. Alfalfa pellets, uh, it's it's just rabbit food, mm-hmm. and I like to put them on. Now would be a little bit too soon, mm-hmm. but it's very easy to grab a handful of that stuff and throw it at the base of not only roses but everything else in it. It has an enzyme in it that uh-huh. that's that serves as a tonic. It's called triacontinol, and it's a, a, I guess a kind of alcohol that that is mm. in the. Um, uh, stimulates microorganism it, it, growth. It does and... that. It has some nutritional value to it. The 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 uh, certainly it it provides um, organic material sure. to the rose, but it, um, it it's a great tonic and it allows this triacontinol allows the plant to absorb whatever nutrients are in the soil. Uh, okay. So you don't start feeding until you see at least six inches of new growth okay. uh, with uh, opened leaves, several open uh, leaves. And then then the sun is stronger by March. Mm-hmm. So the days are getting much longer. And that's, that's when you really want to um, add a balanced fertilizer to and one one caveat about using the alfalfa pellets, particularly if they're rabbit food, in my case, I'll have rabbits at my roses. Well, a couple of good rains will swell up those things. You could, okay, in so your they, case, they decompose pretty quickly. Yeah, I could pre-soak in, in, them maybe. In or? your case, get in your case, get a thirty-three gallon garbage can. Mm-hmm. Pour the rabbit pellets in that, mm-hmm. uh, fill it with some water, and uh, stir it around. Let it uh, ripen a couple of days, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and then get whatever kind of uh, bucket or hose or scoop you want. Stir it around, and then apply it to all your plants. You're it, making a tea. Yeah, it's a it's a tea of of sorts, but it really is beneficial, and uh, it adds a, a lot of vigor to the to the plant. It uh, itself. Anyway, we will announce uh, some more rose pruning workshop. See everyone again here on the radio next week. Happy yes. gardening, folks. It's a great time to be alive. <laughs> Get wet. Stay, Stay safe. Exactly. Stay positive. Happy Thank gardening. you all. See you next time. Bye.